Welcome to Sold for Soup Season 2, a weekly podcast focused on the intersection of our spiritual and physical health. Hello everyone and hello 2024. This is episode number one, choices. It's that time of year where we make choices. What other things are we doing this year that might be different from the things that we did last year? A lot of people do dry January. Anybody doing dry January out there? We've cut back on the negative food choices. We're doing better. I think we've been doing pretty good, actually. Yeah, we're currently participating together in a 21-day challenge to ride our gut flora. Why is that important to our health? Well, if people don't know what gut flora is, you have a little bacteria living inside your your gut. That's your microbiome that helps you digest food. A lot of people refer to your gut as your second brain because the the bacteria in your gut can actually affect your thoughts and your cravings. Um, and your mood. So unhealthy gut flora can actually trigger sugar food cravings. So if we eat a lot of um, sugary foods over the holidays, that can lead to more sugar cravings because it fosters those bacteria that feed off of sugar. So they, they want more. It's a fun time, isn't it? Celebrating with family and feasting. But I know I had too many sweets during that time. How about you? Well, what I've learned is I definitely have a sugar addiction. Because for the first several days we were doing this, I was heavily impacted by cravings for sugar. Also, you know, my go-to is Coke. I love Coca-Cola, which is absolutely horrible for you and filled with tons of sugar. So, yeah, it's certainly uh, eye-opening when you go to the grocery store, too, because just about everything that you see on the shelf, with the the exception of organic things and even some of those things, have uh, sugar in them. It's one of the ingredients. I don't typically eat a lot of sugar, but over the holidays I I did in, indulge in sugar and I find that those cravings do come back. But because I for a long time haven't eaten much sugar, when I cut it back out, it I do get those cravings a little bit, but they go away quicker and it's not as difficult and I know what foods I like that aren't that are good for me. So that part's not as hard for me. For me I think the harder part is maybe like the glass of wine at night with dinner, things like that, or just watching. But you can have that, right? You can have. You can have it, but really, super moderation is important. Just like all. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do much moderation (laughs) over the holidays. That was for sure. Holidays aren't about moderation; they're about living large. Yeah. But so point being, it's more like bending large. (laughs) What we did for. Three New, straight days. New Year's, we had so much fun. We made so many good appetizers and feasted on those with our friends. And that was amazing. And I wouldn't change a thing. Like, we had a great time. Yeah, I have like, I had a few extra pounds I want to get rid of. So, and I know that my, my gut biome is part of that. It's part of the thing that causes weight gains. So, we're just trying to correct that right now and correct that imbalance in gut flora because that is, that makes the sugar cravings worse when that gets out of balance. I have a a goal to cut like 10 pounds and before we go to Costa Rica this year, one of the things I'm looking forward to. And uh, I don't want that negative gut bacteria uh, influencing my 
choices that I'm making. Yeah, we've got a lot of really good big plans for 2024. We've got several trips planned. But in addition to that, what other what other plans do you have, Jen? I just started listening to a book called Atomic Habits, and I just ordered the workbook too. So I haven't gotten that yet, but I've listened to like the first eight chapters thus far, and it makes a lot of sense. And it, it talks a lot about your small daily choices that lead to, become, they become habits, whether you like it or not, whether they can be positive and they can be negative. I highly recommend it so far. I think it's a really good book and it's, it's helping me to focus on some of those negative choices that I make and how to switch those into positive for long-term. For me personally, I want to do a little bit more reading this year, especially on things that I think will help in the things that I'm interested in, like coaching and running a business. There are lots of handy material and books and podcasts and things out there to help. Another thing that is a goal of mine is to keep a calendar and try to live a little bit more by my calendar because I just feel like so much of my day is just scattered about and I just try to cram in what I can here and there. Then when I have any little moments of time where I could actually be getting something productive done, I'm like, well, I deserve to not do anything now and I'll set my fat ass on the couch, watch TV, um, which is just basically veggie now, so. And the term fat ass is allegorical. It's not actual. Rich, if you know him, he does not have no, a I don't, fat ass. I don't have an ass at all, actually. <laughs> all right, well, let's dive into this week's discussion on choices. You told me that we make more than 35,000 decisions every day. That's unbelievable, right? I know. When you asked me, I was like... You, you said, said a thousand. I know. <laughs> a thousand choices. I was like, eh, you're just a little off there, but... <laughs> I mean, basically everything we do is a choice. Think about it. When you get up in the morning, you're either choosing to hop right out of bed or hop on your phone, or am I taking a shower today? That's a choice. Am I going to wash my hair? I know you don't wash your hair every day because it's more healthy, I guess, not to. I have to wash mine every day because it gets disgustingly oily. Yeah, we make all kinds of decisions, what we're going to eat, who we're going to call, who we're going to talk to. I mean, it just goes on and on. Actually, every single thing we do is a choice. Yeah. I, I feel like I need to defend my hair washing schedule. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you know, my hair used to get greasy really fast, but I retrained it. Oh. Yeah. So you can retrain your hair. I don't know if you can. When you have short hair, it's probably different. But long hair, you know, you want to keep it healthy longer because it's, it's, it's with you for longer. Well, it's, fortunately, at 50 years old, I still have my hair. So happy well about that. I'm starting to lose my eyesight, though, so that's really cool. And not losing it. Like, I'm not going blind, but I definitely need some uh, uh, glasses. He's got to wear those readers. Yeah. Yeah, so we do. We make a lot of choices every day. 35,000, in fact. Yeah, um, and all the choices that we make carry with them consequences, and those consequences could be good or bad. Yeah, we make a lot of choices about our health. Like you talked about already, what we're going to eat, how much we're going to sleep, when we're going to go to bed, when we're going to wake up. Are we going to call our mom back or not? Who we're going to hang out with, what we're going to look at, what things we're going to participate in. So it's both health and spiritual choices that we're making. And as we discuss in this podcast, they tend to overlap quite regularly. And some people care about those choices. But honestly, a lot of the choices that we make pertain just specifically to us. I guess that depends on, I don't know if that's true. 
I you don't think, think so? You think every choice that I make is going to impact somebody else? No, I think, in a way, I think our choices affect us, but the way they affect, they affect the people around us. I had a poster on my wall at my office that said, your health affects everyone you know and everything that you do. I like that. So if I'm not taking good care of myself, and I, if I have, you know, I have kids, and one of them at least is still a minor, so we still care for him. You know, if I'm not taking good care of myself, how can I take good care of other people? If I don't feel good myself, or if I'm not well-rested, or if I'm cranky, that does affect other people. You see those videos on online of people freaking out at the airport and stuff. Their choice to maybe not be in a good mental space when, they, when they're flying... I don't know. They they lash out at people that are working. I mean, your your choices affect other people a lot. If you're making a choice in life, then you have to know that there are consequences that come with that choice. Correct. Adam and Eve, I guess, biblically speaking, is a great example. In the book of Genesis, there's there's two creation narratives taking place, and there's two distinct perspectives from those two creation narratives. You can find these in... Genesis chapters 1 through 5. In the first narrative, Adam and Eve are not named. God creates humankind in God's image. He instructs them to multiply, to fill the earth, and to be good stewards of what he has created. In the second narrative, God fashions Adam from the dust and places him in a garden called Eden. Adam is told that he can eat freely from all the trees in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam is caused to fall asleep by God, and God takes one of Adam's ribs and creates a woman named Eve. They're innocent. They're running around the garden naked. There's a serpent involved in the story that convinces Eve that she should eat from the fruit of the forbidden tree. She does. She thought the fruit tasted great, and she shared that fruit with her husband, Adam. Did I say husband? Uh, was he your husband? I'm assuming they were husband and wife. <laughs> anyway, these acts not only give them the additional knowledge, gives them the ability to actually conjure negative and destructive concepts. They feel shame for their decision. God later curses the serpent. God tells the woman and the man that there will be consequences for their sin, for their disobedience. And ultimately, he banishes them from the Garden of Eden. A lot of people have probably heard that story, but I didn't realize there were those two different versions. Yeah, there's two different versions of the creation narrative, is what they call it. So, two commands given there. You can eat freely, and don't eat of this one particular fruit from this one particular tree. And I noticed they weren't blocked from eating the fruit. They were just told not to. But they obviously still had access to it. So their freedom in some ways also included boundaries, but those boundaries weren't necessarily a negative thing. They were actually something helpful to prevent them from. So it was helpful advice in, that God was giving them to protect them from something? I mean, ultimately to protect them from sin, but also to protect them from knowing everything, I guess. What we discover as we move beyond established boundaries, there's this loss of freedom rather than an extension of it. So with freedom comes responsibility. We are responsible for our choices and the consequences that come with those said choices. So how does knowing that affect our choices? It reminds me of a scripture 
1 Corinthians 10, 23, where it says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Or everything is permissible, but not everything is edifying. Or you could say this, all things are permitted, but not all things benefit us. Or all things are permitted, but not all things build other people up. Or build ourselves up. So if you believe that our creator loves us and wants what's best for us and understands how we are created and what we are created for, then we would strive to understand why certain things that might seem fun are advised against, if you will, instead of thinking that maybe what's advised in the Bible is joy kill or fun kill. What is the word I'm looking for? I think that's right. I don't think that God was necessarily trying to keep Adam and Eve from having fun. I mean, they're running around a garden naked. What do you think's happening? (laughs) They're completely naked. I know if you and I were running around a garden naked, I'm pretty sure you know what would happen. The serpent convinced them that God was trying, or he convinced them that they could be like God. Knowing everything. Right. right? Ultimately, that God didn't have their best interest at heart, and they believed that. And so that's what caused them to fall. If we look to the Bible for direction on on making good choices for our lives for the long term, we have to understand that even though it might be more difficult in the short term, we will be happier in the long run. Yeah, I mean, that pertains to our health a lot. It pertains to our health and it pertains and our relationships, to our a ton. relationships, our spiritual life. Like, for example, um, exercising and moving. So we're reading that book, Atomic Habits. He talks about making small choices on a daily basis that become habit. So it is habit. It has become habit for me over the last five to six years to exercise it's an appointment that i have in my calendar and i go at least twice a week and i exercise and move my body and so now i would call that a habit for me so that it's on your calendar so it actually gets done so side note yes calendar was helpful with that making it an appointment but i look back over the last seven or eight years that i've been doing this as a regular appointment there's been many times where i was like i don't feel like it today I'm low energy. I have a lot of other stuff to do. But because it was an appointment that I had with a trainer, I didn't miss it. And now when I look back at those times, am I happy that I did it or am I disappointed that I wasted my time doing it? No, I don't think it was a waste of time. I'm very happy that I made those choices because now at 48 and a half years old, I can I can move very well and I'm flexible and I would not be happy with myself if I had not done that. So I'm glad that I made those sacrifices in my life. And I realize there's other areas in my life that I could improve by making better habits. So that's just one example of one that I am happy with, but not to act like I'm perfect or everything's great. So I'm still working on improving my life. That's just one area of a habit that I've, that I'm happy with. I think for me, a a thing that I'd like to address right here would be that I think it's important habit to begin to invest in relationships. And what I mean is not just to invest in a relationship to me is more than just hanging out with somebody. You know, it's more than just going and grabbing a drink with someone. It's actually asking the question of how they're doing and taking the time to sit and listen to where they're at, what's happening in their life, and then potentially what can I do to offer something of myself to help them along in their journey. 
Um, that to me is investing in relationships and that's something that I think is very important also. That's one thing I feel like I could do better at and I'm very focused on taking care of my patients at work and taking care of my kids at home and I think other relationships tend to fall by the wayside maybe for me because of time constraints. As I have more free time in my life as the kids get older, that's something that's on my list of new habits that I'm And I think that we have are working very hard as a family to eat much more healthy. That's always been something that's really important to me and and I've tried to instill in my children and I and patients and I talk about it a lot and we're always learning. It's it's complicated in our world right now in our country especially. There's so many chemicals and like you said you for someone who maybe hasn't focused on that regularly, when you start to, it can feel overwhelming, right? It's crazy. Did, you seemed overwhelmed this week when you were like telling me all these things that I already knew about their sugar and everything. I'm like, I know it's very difficult. It's doable though. And really rather than focusing on all the things you can't eat for me, it helps me to focus on as soon as I found something that I liked that I could eat, you kind of maybe write it down or make a note of it. Like, this is something I like, keep this on hand so that when I get, when I get hungry or I get a craving, I can, I can reach for that instead of getting into a food emergency and then making a bad choice. Yeah. I just, I feel like that I have just been starving. (laughs) So I apparently have been tricked for some time. He literally just ate and like his stomach was like growling. Yeah. (laughs) Like what is happening? But you're, you were like, tricking your body for so long I feel like your gut flora are rebelling at you they're like give us that sugar well and I've also been like really thirsty like I've I feel like I can't drink enough water and I think mm-hmm. that's probably a really important thing too You're, is that we stay hydrated that's something that you know you got to understand too is sometimes those signals for when you think you're hungry are actually signals. sometimes some those signals get crossed yeah. in your brain and from your brain and from your gut so and that can come from bad gut flora too. So working on getting getting that in check, I think it's going to help you us. You know, both. Get, getting back to the subject of making good choices, I think place that we could focus is on what we look at and what we fill our heads with. Reading a good book, reading a, I mean, it could be a book for leisure. It could be a, a book for education. I know that our son, uh, who's now a school teacher, reads a lot of books on history because he's a history teacher. He did say to me a few days ago that he's wasted a lot of time playing video games over the break. He's had like a three-week break from school and gotten into some bad habits again. And he said he wishes that he had spent more time reading instead of what I always say is vegging out on stuff that's not necessarily... I mean, it's fun. It's fine. Yeah, I think it's okay. It's It's okay. It's like I said, moderation is key when it comes to some of these things. I like to play games occasionally. And but not video games. You oh, no, I don't play video games anymore. I used to play Tetris, remember? You used to play Pokemon. I'm, you still play Pokemon. No, no, I haven't done that in a long time. But, I mean, I'm really good at Tetris. I challenge anyone to Tetris, except that girl that apparently beat Tetris this oh, I would week. kick your butt in Tetris right now. <laughs> okay. Another really good choice is getting outside and getting some fresh air and well, it's sunshine. It's so cold outside. I, even when it's cold out, it's important to let sunshine hit your eyeballs it's, oh, it does. The sun never shines here in Michigan. Well, though. you know, it's 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 out there somewhere. <laughs> so, just, the forecast for today: gray. It's been gray for weeks. Oh my gosh! Costa Rica, two months. Yeah. 
<laughs> fresh air, sunshine. Those are very important for your health. Ground, grounding, I talk about that. People are always like, what is that? Where you actually let your feet touch the earth. I think that's really important. And we're going to talk more about that later in the season. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, and who or what we choose to believe. I think that has a huge impact on our choices. Peer pressure. I mean, as an adult, we have a different form of peer pressure than what we probably had when we were kids. But even still, it is peer pressure when you think about it. Because if we're filling our heads with, you know, there's a ton of social media things that we can read and believe. And there's all kinds of different influences out there. And you know where you get where you get your news from, what you what you believe can also be uh, impacted by the people that you run around with and you hang out with. But everyone has their own um, ideas about things, and more so now than ever before. We are. You are exposed to everyone's we are ideas. Bombarded, like oh you said. my gosh, everyone's ideas. Turn off. And how dare you say anything? <laughs> yourself about the an idea that you have okay calm down Ooh. calm down oh um but we are bombarded by news and i know people like listen to news on the tv like mainstream news like all day i just think that can't be healthy there's no reason you need more than five minutes of news an hour if you're at home all day working you don't need to listen to news for more well, than and five think about minutes. how many times you it's easier for you just to pull your phone out instead of actually getting something else done i mean people are all the time on their phone like as soon as there's a little pause, like at dinner, even when we're out with friends, as soon as there's like a little pause at dinner and nobody really knows what to say, everyone's reaching for their we're phones. We're all guilty of it. We all do it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But we could be more productive, I guess, is what I'm getting more at. In relationships, like you said earlier. Yeah. Our son got rid of TikTok recently because he said it was affecting his focus and concentration because it's so quick. He said there was there's a feature on there now where you can hold your finger down and it'll make the video play faster. So you can go through content more quickly. His attention span was getting terrible and he recognized that. So as a 60-year-old, I applaud him. He for also convinced his girlfriend to do the same thing. So good job. Sure. It's good to be self-aware. I've tried to avoid TikTok a little bit. I got into the habit of like looking at TikTok a lot and I've stepped back from that too. Well, I look at it occasionally. We but. tried to have a TikTok member and we could never figure it out. <laughs> we'll get, maybe we might still, uh, maybe we'll work on Soul that. Soul for Soup needs a TikTok if somebody wants to help us figure out how to get one. <laughs> for some, taking the time to relax. So we were just talking about how a lot of people use social media in their relaxation time, but some people don't take the time to relax at all. And I can be guilty of this going from work to taking care of stuff at home and sometimes it's hard to shut your brain off and relax and make sure you're shutting off your phone at a certain time and going to sleep by 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. And having that, I have my sleep schedule set on my phone, but sometimes I ignore it and I stay up and read. Over the break, our children that are still living in our house have been sleeping in longer. And because it's been much slower at work, I've been going in a little later. Then I can just sit in the morning in here and it's pretty quiet and I can do some reading and a little bit of relaxation before starting my day. So that's been really nice. Slow mornings are nice. I don't get those very often. Well, we're so glad that you are joining us again for a new season of Sold for Soup. We hope that this is going to be a fantastic year for you guys. Hoping that we will be impactful to some aspect of your life over the next 20, 25 episodes. And uh, please take a moment to 
tell somebody about Sold for Soup. Follow us on our socials, soldforsoup.com, Sold for Soup on Insta, and now on X, Sold for Soup. As you start this new year, as we tell our kids all the time, please make good choices and go get healthy. Peace out.